What is law? Why do we enforce it? Why do we care? As we've seen all throughout history, when culture tries to redefine right and wrong, chaos ensues, culture collapses, and for a time, evil overtakes. The Roman Empire, Greek Empire, Nazis, communism, the examples are endless. Humanity tries again and again to rebel against what we know is right and good. But why? How is there a never-changing system of right and wrong that binds all of mankind? My thesis? Because God made it that way. He created it. He governs it. He's called us to live by it, uphold it, and teach it to others, thus making us ambassadors of his law, or deputies of Christ. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Happy November slash, well, I guess it is Veterans Day now. Um, Happy Veterans Day, and uh, let's get going. So I said last um, podcast that I would put out a show on Veterans Day, and it came around to like two days ago, and I realized I had absolutely nothing planned and didn't really have a whole lot of time to plan something. So I did end up making a show, and I think it's interesting. Um, But it's not quite a normal show, so that'll be whatever. I never, no show is ever a normal show, right? And fun fact, I am drinking the delicious coffee that I ordered during the last show, if you remember that whole fiasco. So it's good stuff, good stuff. Good fall coffee. Ah, it's good. Alrighty. (laughs) So let's see what we got here. Um... Okay, so Second Timothy and Speaker of the House. <clears throat> this show is like completely, uh, it's kind of review, and it should be a short one. But I've been watching our new Speaker of the House, Mr. Um, and uh, he's been raising some ruckus, and it's been interesting. So I thought I'd talk on that because he's raising ruckus because of his faith. And I thought that was an interesting observation to throw the podcast. So... Uh, then Second Timothy, you'll see why that's the name when we get down there. So, okay. First off, of course, Academy. Uh, I cannot believe it, but next week is the last week of Academy. It's week 20 of 20. Uh, I've passed my comprehensive written test on Thursday. I had yesterday off for Veterans Day, so I get to do a bunch of stuff. Um, and then I have my final comp practical on Monday, which is what I failed out on last year, so... A little bit of PTSD coming back for that, but God's in control. That's about all that I have on Academy. It's almost done. I'm so excited to be done and move on. It's been good, but I'm so done with it. I am over it, as they would say. All right, so today's topics. um, I haven't really been following politics a whole lot recently. I've been focused on not failing Academy. Um, But I have been hearing some things about the Speaker of the House. And I've heard a couple of his speeches and a couple of his interviews, or one, maybe two interviews, little snippets here and there. Um, and it's been wa- interesting watching his reaction and then um, everybody, including some conservatives, reaction to what he says. Um, and yeah, anyway, we'll get into that. So, But it's all about his faith. You know, everything is about uh, scripture and why scripture is important. And uh, he talks about God's no, government bows to God, and um, he will he will uh, lead by Scripture, and that is his new. I forget the 
the interview or the quote he said that um, basically he was asked um, what his guiding principle is, and he said, if it's not in Scripture, I don't do it. So that was pretty cool. Um, that was a rough paraphrase, but it was cool to watch him. But let's let's look into that because that's interesting. Um, it's important because God controls government, right? God created the world. God ordained in that world all the realms of government. I mean, he created all of it in Genesis. So we see um, the creation of self-government, and then family government, and then church government, and then civil government later down the right uh, down the road. We have self-government with Adam, family government with Eve. Um, church government with the first sacrifice, and then uh, civil government later down the road. And even though civil government is technically what this is on, it's going to be like the least important for this show. <sighs> Excuse me. So, <clears throat> goodness. <clears throat> of all the times to get something stuck in your throat. So self-government. We are reflections of God. We're made in his image. We have his life in us. Therefore, we should act as he would want us to. We should live by his morals, his character, and his law. So self-government is fully contained within uh, God's will, God's law, and God has instructed us as how we are live. Family government. Family government is the core unit of society, and it's the symbolic image of Christ in the church. Therefore, we should live according to Christ's leading the church, and um, that also is found in Scripture. And God spends so much time talking about family. Church government literally designed around the worship and praise of God. He established this system from before we had ever sinned and it is still in place today. And it changed the, uh, things changed over the, uh, or from the sacrificial system, but it's still the church. I mean, the, the system never changed the, uh, I'm going down a rabbit trail now. Um, Christ's blood fulfilled parts of the covenant and therefore, our observance of it changed, but the church, the system did not change per se. It's still the same system. It's just observed differently because Christ was the last sacrifice. Therefore, the sacrificial system is no longer needed. Um, all right. And then state government um, is the last form of government formed. And I would say that it is the least important form of government. It's still necessary, but it's the most dangerous when it gets out of control. Um, and I mean, God established a literal country in the scripture um, and all throughout scripture, he talks about it. I mean, uh, Jesus talked about the Roman Empire, the apostles talked about it in the New Testament. Pr uh, prophets were constantly interacting with kings in the Old Testament. There's so much of scripture has to do with government. And yet we have this idea in societies, even in Christians' minds, that uh, the Bible doesn't speak to politics. It just speaks to the church. Well, that's, that's hodgepodge. Um... So living by God's will in all forms of government is the only way to live a free and blessed life. Uh, God promises blessings on those who obey his laws and, and curses on those who don't. That's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, and we see that all throughout scripture. Uh, every time, I mean, Israel was the best uh, show of this. Every time uh, they got a new king, you can just, just going through and reading the chapter on a king, It'll say he was a good king or he was a bad king. He followed God's law or he didn't. And there were blessings or there were curses. And then the next king would either make it worse or make it better. And the other point, I'll, well, I'll get to that later. Oh, actually, that is the next point. So I guess I'll get to it now. 
no matter how far gone a person, a family, a church, or a community or nation is, God can still bring it back if he desires and if his people repent. We see that in every form of government. Again, we see that with Paul. He was actively killing Christians. Uh, we see in Acts, God saved the jailer and his family who was imprisoning Paul, torturing him. We see uh, God changed, saved the church of Sardis in Revelation. God described the church as dead, and God promised to invigorate them if they would repent. Um, and then God saved Nineveh. That was a nation. A wicked, wicked nation that nobody wanted to go to, nobody wanted to evangelize to, and God saved them. So what's the hierarchy of governments? We've covered different realms of government, that they're under God's authority, but what is the importance of them? How are they, um, I've already kind of already gone over this, but they were created in the order that I already laid out, self, family, church, state. Um, and that, I've, I think I've done a whole show on this in the past, I think, but it's not just level of importance, but it compounds. So your family government, your uh, self-government, is involved in your family government. The family government is involved in the church government. The church government is not involved in the state government per se, but it is the the civil government is dependent upon having a strong church government. Um, if you don't have a Christian society, then your civil government won't function. And so every every rung of the ladder or every step of government depends on the step before it to be strong and uh, and lasting. And every realm of government is built upon having a solid scriptural foundation. Everything in scripture is about having, well, everything in every area of life is all about having a solid foundation. If you don't have something solid to build on, then everything else will disintegrate away. Scripture beats on this and just real life practicality, you build a house on a solid foundation. Uh, you have to build your finances on a solid uh, plan, a foundation. You have to build your family life on a solid foundation, which is scripture. All, all the areas of government eventually come back to scripture, no matter how you look at it. If, if they don't come back to scripture, then they come back to an arbitrary man's opinion. And shocker, men are usually wrong. And this is why, um, I can't say this is why, it's not the only reason, but this is a big reason <clears throat> or a big problem with how Christians approach politics these days, because we don't we don't look at politics as starting with self and family life we look at politics as getting the right person in office um, and conservative views which conservative views is not the end-all be-all but that's what we treat it like um, and this is why Satan has been able to gain so much ground in these areas over the last however many years is because he's been playing the long game you know he hasn't been going after our conservative policies he started generations ago going after the family and the person's family and uh, self realm of governments um, started digging away at our um, our characters our moral through corrupt entertainment and um, easy addictions and stuff like this that erodes our self-government and then before you know it our family government starts eroding uh, we start putting kids in public schools we start um, not parents start becoming detached just putting kids in daycare all day so they both work jobs and we're not really pouring into our children we're not 
uh, raising them in the fear and admonition of the Lord as scripture and its commands. And then before that, well, then that messed up that generation of families. So then the next generation of families is going to be more messed up because that's how they grew up. And that compounds. And then once that's messed up, well, then the church gets messed up because then there's no solid family units that the church can work with. And then once the church is messed up, well, now there's no correctional um, peace for the civil government. And then the civil government goes rogue. And now that's where we are today. And now conservatives, <clears throat> conservatives are wanting to backtrack that problem and start with the civil government and work back to the self-government. That don't work. That's not how God designed creation to work. That's not how anything works. We have to start at the foundation and work our way up. If we don't, then we may solve one little problem, but we haven't truly solved it. We just delayed it or put a temporary fix on it. And then the next liberal agenda that comes in, or not even liberal, just any non-Christian agenda that comes in, um, can easily replace that because that doesn't have any kind of foundation. It's just out there floating in the wind. And you can see this again in Israel. Um, I already alluded to it, but uh, go look at the kings. I mean, you can every go first, second kings, first, second Samuel. Every king that came through was either a good king and um, followed God's law and made steps in the right direction. They're little, small steps because they're foundational steps, or they were not, and they just compounded the problem. And we, I mean, you see over and over again things like the high places being taken down. How many times in the Old Testament were the high places taken down and then the next king came back and put them back up? No, if we just address the surface things, and not saying it's not important to address those, but if that's all that we address in modern politics, then all it takes is the next high place to be put up and uh, we're no longer serving God. Lasting change only sinks in if we start from the ground up, if we start from the roots, from the foundation, from the basis of government as God commands. And this isn't just true in civil government. I mean, God gives his criteria for every area of government. Um, 1 Timothy 3, there's the title of the podcast show, uh, talks about the requirements for an elder and a deacon in the church. And shocker, they're about what you'd, the same you'd expect for, um, I mean, it's what I'd want in a uh, leader of a family. It's what I'd want in a political leader. And it's what you should want for yourself and your self-government. It's And it's... The list of things to be a church leader is all self and family government requirements. You know, not a drunkard, self-government, self-control, temperate, self-government, respectful, self-government, not a lover of money, self-government, gentle, self-government, hospitable, self-government. That could be family government too. Not quarrelsome, self-government, not prideful, self-government, um, in good standing with those who are outside. That's self, mostly self-government. But then there's the family category too. Faithful to his wife, that's family government. Uh, manage his family well, that's felt, or, yeah, family government. And children obey him, family government. And then the golden line is here is verse 5. It says, if, for, if a man is not able to manage his own house, how will he manage the house of God? So they're right there. That's if, if he can't take care of his smaller level of government, how can he be entrusted with this larger level of government, um, this different structure? Uh, but it still all has the same roots because every every area of government ultimately goes back to self-government, which is based upon scripture. And there isn't really any mention of civil government, I think, in Second uh, Timothy uh, 3. Uh, but it is, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy 3. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it's not directly mentioned. I think it can be insinuated from some of the things that were there, but 
you'll notice it's not mentioned because civil government is that higher standard of government, meaning it's not a foundational source of government like um, family or church or self is. It is the, I hate saying the highest because that makes it sound like the most important. It is the, one of the least important, uh, but it is the highest on the highest on the foundation list. I just can't talk. It doesn't rely, or family, there we go. Church and family government do not rely on civil government like civil government relies on church and family government. So it's not a prerequisite. So all that's to say, if your personal government is messed up, how can you lead a family? If your family government is messed up, how can you properly focus on and apply the gospel outside of your family? If your church life is messed up, how can you be a light to the world and get instruction and guidance on how to apply the gospel to the rest of life? And if you aren't applying the gospel to politics, then how can you do the right things if you have no guidelines? You're just, once again, basing it off of the whims and wishes of man, which are wrong. And I said gospel a lot, so I want to clarify. The gospel is more than just Jesus dying for our sins. The gospel is the victory plan and how to change and restore the world. The gospel bleeds over into every area of life and focuses on Christ. The gospel is the fulcrum point of all creation and of history. It's the turning and constant point of history. It is the purpose of the universe. That I mean, the, the gospel is the story of creation. From the first chapter of Genesis to the last chapter of Revelation, it all revolves around the cross in Christ, and that's the beauty of it. And I don't even have this in my notes, but I'm going to go off on this tangent. This is one of the most beautiful principles in all of Christianity. Because our culture right now is crazy. The world is crazy. But we don't have to do some massive political coup, quote-unquote, and take over the government for God or something. We don't have to... Um, we don't have to do some amazing act in order to take back the world. That's not how God designed it. The I love the way that uh, Pastor Toby Sumter says this on Cross Politic. If you want to change the world, love your wife, raise your kids, go to church. If we can hold up and uh, show that godly form of government in ourself and our church and our family government, even just in your self government. Your self-government will bleed over into your family and your extended family. Family government will bleed over into your church. Your church government will bleed over into all society, and society controls government. So it all just expands. God designed family to be the most powerful unit in all of creation. And that's why Satan attacks it so far, or so hard. He always has and he always will. It's because he understands the importance and the power of a strong, functioning family. It is a powerful, powerful tool against his kingdom. And that's how God designed this. It's just these little, little small steps. You know, a, a uh, I don't know, a president of the United States or a congressman or a senator, he may be able to do some good and he may, um, Lord willing, he will. Uh, but in the long run, if he is there in politics and not loving his family, then the landscaper back home in middle of nowhere, Central America, who is working 40 hours a week, making a paycheck and loving and caring for his wife and his kids. He is doing more for the kingdom of God. He is truly advancing God's kingdom because he is having a lasting effect in that foundational realm of governments. He is not just throwing ash into the wind uh, at the federal level and thinking that that's going to seep down. He's starting at the base and working his way up. And that is how God designed the world to work. And that's beautiful. That's amazing. And Christians need to realize the power of the family unit and the importance of the family unit. 
Okay, that's all I have for that. So now actually on to Louisiana representative. And honestly, I have like next to nothing on him because like I said, I haven't been paying attention to politics. <laughs> um, I've just been studying. But what caught my attention about him, uh, he claims to be a believer. And from the statements I've heard, he's proclaiming it. I mean, he's not just act passively saying it and moving on. He's given God the glory in that one speech. He gave God glory. Uh, he said scripture is how he lives his life and how he'll lead the house. Uh, he pr He's praying. Um, he pointed out how God and scripture are weaved through our founding document. And if you take God out of it, then there's no basis for law and order. He proclaimed that God raises up leaders and tears them down. He proclaimed that God's word is how we live and rule. And it's just encouraging to see that. Um, I, so like I, I honestly haven't been paying that much attention. I really don't know that much about him. There could be more I'm missing. There could be things I'm misunderstanding. But it was just encouraging to see that. And then that just got me thinking down this whole line of um, that's cool to see. And the, the importance of starting from the foundation up and working our way there. So that was, that was cool. But uh, pray for him. Uh, he's getting a lot of backlash and uh, he, for what he's facing. And it's what we will face because uh, Christ must win. And that means that that battleground has to be engaged. So we're going to be facing it one way or another. Uh, and he's starting, so let's pray for him. Um, and I just thought this was a great chance to go over this topic and review. I've done some stuff on the past in, with this, but it's been a while, so I thought it'd be a fun review. And if you haven't listened to his, uh, at least his opening speech, you should do that because it had some good content in it. He's not perfect. I don't agree with him on everything, but um, I, I like where he's coming from. And I think he's saying some good things and he's, he seems to actually believe them and... Uh, and want to uh, move forward with them. And uh, yeah, that's really cool. So, alrighty. So that's all I have on that front. 21 minutes. Okay. That's not too bad. Um, I hope this was helpful. Hope this was good. I have no idea what my schedule is going to be like. Um, if I manage to pass Academy this year, haha. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. So I don't know when the next show will be, but um, there'll be some coming down the pipe. So thank you all for listening and have a blessed day. My friends, evil never rests, but praise be that our never-resting king and commander is leading the way. This being the case, it's our job to follow. He's promised us that the blows life gives will never be too much to take, and he will never refuse our cry for help. But life is no cakewalk. We must therefore put on his strength, take up our cross, and follow him, taking back every area of government for his glory, family, church, state, and self must bow the knee to Christ. Christ is our prophet, our priest, and our king, and we are his sheep, his soldiers, and his deputies.